So the chorus was, you are a weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the songwriting hasn't got much better than that. (laughs) This is the Band Before the Band Before podcast, and I am your host, Chaz Langston. And welcome to episode 13. 13, Tangerine, Billie Jean, I hope your pants are clean, because nobody likes skid marks. Okay. So welcome to another episode, and boy are you in for a treat, because today's guest burst onto the scene with their debut album, We Don't Like The People That We've Become, released on Marshall Records just two weeks ago, are in with us today, and let me tell you now, it's a banger of an episode, as much as it's a banger of an album. During this episode, we find out about our guest journeys, starting from a drama student to a stand-up comedian to a rock and roll frontman extraordinaire. We find out about how his aggressive acting skills got him the job as the frontman, how his love for hip-hop inspired him how to write his melodies, and how he went from King Tut's Wawa's to opening up for Biffy Clyro. So here we go with episode 13 with frontman extraordinaire Barry. And if you didn't know, now you know that this is your favourite new band, Dallas. Oh, let's go. All right. And make sure I get the pronunciation right. It's Gallus, right? Gallus, eh? Got it right in the button. There we go. All right. Welcome to the show, Barry from Gallus. Gallus. I said it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) After all that. No, no, no. I'll play that bit at the front as well so people can hear what a dick I am. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, how are you doing, bud? Nice to have you on the show, man. Mate, thank you very much for having us, Chaz. Um, I'm doing all right. Good, good. Getting uh, Just getting everything prepared for our next sort of run of shows. We're doing a few European shows coming up. Oh, really? Where are you guys heading? So we're going... We've got one that we've not announced yet. I don't know if that'll be announced for by the time this is out, so I won't talk about that. Okay. Um, we're doing a few runs in Germany. We're supporting the band Royal Republic. Oh, okay. Amazing. And then before that, and we've, we're also, next week actually, we're going to The Hague and then straight from The Hague to Sweden. Incredible. I know, mate. It's a bit wild. And I just, uh, just a few jaunts Amazing. here and there. Then ended up in Sligo. After a, and we've got two shows in Germany, one with Royal Republic, and then we need to get from, I think it's Hamburg to Sligo. Still haven't figured out how we're doing it, but we'll do <laughs> You'll it. get there, mate. Yeah, Needs yeah. must. But maybe hitchhike. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> get there in a week. Get there in a week too late. Well, I was just saying before we went on air that I saw you guys in London a few weeks ago and it's absolutely fucking brilliant gig, man. It was so good. Thank so you so much. I can't wait for you guys to be back in London again so I can come down, wear my Gallus t-shirt, take it off, <laughs> swing it round uh, my head. Yeah, so yeah. And, uh, we, are, we, were actually, we were actually supposed to play London on Sunday there. We were doing a thing for uh, Brewgooder. Oh yeah, what they were do, they were doing a sort of party for what the bar staff that do brew good brew good beers, but we didn't even get a mile outside Glasgow and our engine broke down. Oh, you're joking! So we couldn't do it. Aye. first time we've ever had to cancel a gig, which was a bit gutting, but not a lot that we could have done oh, at that time. Mate, that's tragic. Tell me about oh, it, oh, mate. Well, there we go. All right, ma'am. I got the first question for you. Where were you born? Um, so I was born in Glasgow, a wee place called Yoker, um, but I was brought up in uh, Yoker, like Yoker and Clyde Bank. Clyde Bank's a bit just like just outside Glasgow, 
Um, if any fans of Lenny are out there, <laughs> he's, he's done a sketch about Yoko before, just that nothing's fucking in it. It's just a, it's just a sort of stop in the trains. And that's where I'm from. Nice. And uh, what was that? What was it like growing up there? Was did you have a musical family at all? Um, my dad had a really good taste in music. Like he was really in, his favorite what sort of bands when he was pro when he was growing up was Talking Heads and uh, Sex Pistols. And that is not a bad couple so of I, bands, is it? Yeah. So I was exposed to that as a uh, youngin, which was good, but. Um, my parents were very were creative like that, but weirdly enough, I've, I'm uh, the youngest of three. I've got two older sisters, and um, I don't know how this happened, but we end up just being quite creative. My middle sister, Louise, is like an, um, an artist. Does a lot of good, cool freelance work. Has done a comic book and sold out at Glasgow Comic Con. And my older sister, Pamela, was a world champion cheerleader. Yeah. And I'm me, <laughs> so I don't know how I don't know how that how it happened because our parents they've pushed the creativity, but they weren't creative themselves. Oh man, it's got to be in the family tree somewhere. Yeah, well, every every other member of the family, like outside of my cousins and that, is um we're kind of like sort of expected. Like most most of the men are tradesmen, right. most of the women are teachers. Like, and then and then you've got us weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you like ended up like finding your voice then how, how did that come about did you play any instruments before you started singing or anything so the weird thing was was i never like so i studied acting at college oh really well i wanted to be an actor first and foremost and the only sort of experience i had was singing to be honest was like school shows and I went to you know, a youth theatre that done musicals, but I never really saw myself as a singer. Just kind of liked being on stage and performing. Um, but I was in a friend group with Eamon, our guitarist, who saw one of my plays. And I was, I can't remember, I think I was shouting and I was quite an aggressive character. And he came up to me with the idea of starting a punk band. Right. So that was the sort of first, first my first experience of proper singing was in Gallus. Really? Yeah, so I was terrible for ages then. <laughs> only, I've only just started getting like half decent. So, yeah, started as an actor. Oh, no way. So you'd never had any, like, zero, zero band experience at all? Apart from apart from school shows, it was, it was nothing I ever looked, nothing I ever thought of because I, I just knew I wasn't that good. But in terms of, like... Um, contemporary singing we're having a voice and stuff but when we started going down the sort of actually like melodic shouting then I found <laughs> I found that to be much better and I was alright at that and look where we are now poetic aggression yeah, 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 yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing man so like when you first ever had your band rehearsal you'd never sung before how did that feel at the time and um, we were we were quite buzzing about it like having something that we know like because i'd never even thought of writing lyrics before as well so that was my first bash at that and it was our, all our first like, sort of first time experiences in a band and when we i remember the first time we actually had a fully fledged tune but just 
there. I I remember just thinking, how the fuck have we done this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, retrospect, the tunes were terrible for so so long, but we were finding our feet at the time. Of course, man. But the first rehearsal, I remember being just a bit dumbfounded that we could actually do it. Right. It might not have been good, but we done. Oh, it. I don't know about that. I'm sure it's great. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So when you had your first rehearsal, did you go up there with any lyrics at all? Or did you just go in totally blind? Um, I totally blind. I remember we started just like the usual band starting out, like thinking of covers that we yeah. uh, sort of done. So we'd done a few Misfits covers. Okay. What ones? And we, um, hybrid Moments. And oh, mate. We used to play Hybrid Moments live all the time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are they? Misfit song. It will come to me and, and I'll completely interrupt one of your questions with I the can, answer. I can see you smashing a TV casualty, actually. Yeah, oh, mate. I don't think we ever done it, but I would have loved That's my favourite Misfits track. I can see you, I can see you guys smashing that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one to add in. And uh, there was another band we used to cover quite a lot, Fiddler. We covered Fiddler okay. a few times as well. Yeah. So we started with that and then we got into like Eamon. Eamon writes a lot of writes a lot of like the structure of the songs. He did he done that um, at the start. He was always really musically talented, like he had guitar lessons from when he could start using his fingers like Right. So he helped a lot with that being our first time because he just was like, This is what the melody's gonna be and I just like Fit, fit into that um, so it was much easier but still a bit like ooh when, yeah, when we all actually performed a song together yeah. it was written by us so the first time you ever wrote lyrics can you remember the name of the the first song you wrote yeah it was called Weapons Weapons yeah um, we had we, did we have it up yeah we had it up at one point we just like a recording of it I, I can't even remember how it goes but I remember that I remember the chorus the chorus was well so I think I was writing about someone I didn't like. Right. And in Scotland, well, in Glasgow, if someone's a weapon, <laughs> it's like, you're a prick. There's right. a, it's like, a, it's an insult. So the chorus was, you are a weapon of mass destruction. It's <laughs> 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 that. Then <laughs> uh, the songwriting hasn't got much better than that. <laughs> Peaked. In Essex, a weapon is someone with a massive dick. <laughs> so oh, he's got a weapon well, he's got a weapon on him I better not look at anyone in, in the Orionals in Scotland and say that yeah thank fuck we don't sing that anymore <laughs> when we start doing shows in you have a weapon get ushered right out <laughs> oh man so this is really interesting so how long ago was it that uh, Gallus formed then I think it would probably be about because we, I remember, um, we didn't have that much lo- that long until our first gig. I think we might have started rehearsing and doing stuff maybe in the January and February, or well, early February of 2017. Right. And then our first gig was in late April 2017. Wow. I remember we had like three or four songs nailed down and then... Paul, the drummer, just started emailing folks to, about having gigs and someone gave us a gig and we were like, right, we need to like write about three more songs and just like shat them out, basically. <laughs> I don't think... There's not a song that we played first that still gets played now. No. 
Nah, we had to. I feel like we were one of those bands that had to get good. Everyone starts <laughs> a bit shit, but we started a lot mega shit. <laughs> so, so you went. In, so your first ever gig, you got like four originals and four covers. Did you say? Um, no, nah, we only had did it. We definitely had one cover that I can think of. Now we done a cover of a uh, you. I don't know if it, if GBX songs came to. Uh, England, England, but that song Bits and Pieces, it's like a Scottish anthem. It's like a dance song. Yeah, no, I don't know. That and guitars. But I think I think we only had about six songs and five originals and then a dance cover with guitars. It was dreadful. <laughs> um, weirdly, our, our first gig was at King Tut's, one of the most famous venues yeah, in Glasgow. absolutely. We just emailed the promoter and they were like, all right, do you want this gig? So having our first gig there was quite cool. That's amazing. So you guys are jumping, you know, almost at the deep end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, as deep as you can get. How busy was it? I feel like for our first gig, it was actually quite full. Yeah. Um, oh, you guys are smashing it on day one. I know, I know. It's tough at the top. And <laughs> um, but I feel uh, there was like four other bands. Um, I don't think any of those are still bands. They're still bands anymore. So I think it was full with the four bands putting in. I think we must have brought about like eighty people. I feel like your first gig's always going to be the one when yeah. most people will come to anyway. Yeah, yeah, just to see what it's about. How did it feel for you to sort of like do your first ever show at a venue with a PA people in front of? It? Obviously, you're coming from an acting background, so you're not shy to get yeah. up and perform. You got a, a, a first to get up and perform. But how did you feel? standing there with a mic stand about to you know essentially be naked with your own lyrics and uh your own, yeah, your own I, performance you know i think i remember i remember thinking that it was going to be a doddle for me a lot all the other boys especially Eamon and paul the guitarist and the drummer i remember them being quite nervous because they hadn't really been in that sort of stage dynamic or as that have that aspect to their life but i was like i can do this yeah, no problem and i think i remember Start the first song and I completely froze and forgot the words. This time. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the words because I was just like, "What the fuck? This is it's so different. It's like I know it's the same sort of thing, yeah. but it's completely fucking different." And I think because I was like, "I've got this in the fucking bag," yeah, that confidence just went away. But I was like, "Oh no, this is actually something I've not done before." <laughs> but we we got we collect I'd collected it, and I think I was the only time I've forgot lyrics. And, and that show yeah yeah you could be forgiven then yeah so proper but it was because it was the PA it was King Tuts it was like all my friends all my family it just it was quite well oh my god I fucking shat myself I still still shit myself to be fair yeah that was the first time ah, it's maybe because it's maybe you shit yourself because you care you know what I mean yeah it's like uh, nerves become adrenaline yeah that's what what they say, if you're not ner- if I'm not nervous, that's when I worry. Yeah, exactly. Alright, going back to writing lyrics. How comfortable did you become? And how quickly did you become comfortable, I guess is a better question, with sort of like writing... Because you're a really good lyric writer, man. And fucking... Oh, thank you uh, very much. That's uh, one of the things that stood out the most to me is your hooks and with, with your lyrics, especially. Oh, and um, I So how long did it... Uh, how long did it take you to become comfortable sort of like really 
oh, I'm trying to not to sound cheesy, but like, you know, like letting go in him and, and writing, you, you know, expressing your thoughts on paper. I, th- I think when I found it as a sort of like way of expressing myself and sort of like almost without sounding cheesy myself, you'd like using it as a, like, a therapeutic act, yeah. like, part of my life. Like, I, th- I think I was writing just can't remember really the early songs that I was writing. I think I was writing about people and about experiences and stuff. And um, I feel like I got a bit more comfortable with it when I sort of found something that I was good at. And that was just like explain, explaining my outlook on things and the way that I see things and the way that I see things that have like happened to me and how I feel. I feel like once I was comfortable with that, I started to like kind of get the idea of what, strengths actually have as a lyricist right so that kind of helped when i started sort of started actually using that process yeah started using it as a process of being like right what's up with me i'll write it down and then we've got we've got a song out of it um but a lot of my lyrics i find are quite like introspective and Mm -hmm. like sort of digs deep into myself yeah um and it was also and then we started i started like finding the fun and sort of like taking the piss out of myself as well. Right. It's like um try to find the try can't think of the word of it right now. But um yeah it was once I once I realised that I can fucking do it this way and it's actually a way to help me, it became a it became a lot easier and a lot better for myself as well. And I hope the songs got better as well. Well that's amazing because that that shows like how that really comes across in what you do as well, because obviously if you're being for real, you know what I mean? You're like you're saying, you're doing an introspective of yourself, you're writing how you're feeling at the time and where your head's at. Yeah. That that's what comes across as like when it's genuine, that's what comes across you know, that comes across from the get go yeah. because and and that, Yeah, no, totally and I like that's one thing I would like people to like take away from our shows where are sort of like a genuine band. And it's all about sort of like the honesty between like the artist and the audience and stuff like that stuff's important to us. Definitely. And with regards to like songwriting with melodies and stuff like that, how did you guys start doing that from the early days then with like yourself being a, a singer? I'm, I'm assuming you don't play a guitar or anything or am I wrong to assume Very that? badly. Uh, yeah. Very badly. It would be, um, it would, it would be, I'm a guitar. Yeah. But I wouldn't call myself a player at all. Like, like I can, I'm competent, but still terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it was um a lot of it at the start was aiming sort of like giving me my chance to be a lyricist and being like I think you should sing like this and like hum something for me and I'm like right I'll write something to your hums that's that's absolutely fine. Um, but once you started getting an act for like finding things when you've just got the music in front of you because like a lot of our process is they'll have the instrumental done and I'll take that then right over it which has still been something from the start that's done yeah. that we still that we do to this day yeah um, or we just write it in the room now because um, we can be quick because yeah. <laughs> um, we have deadlines now <laughs> <laughs> um, but so the melodies did start with just Damon being very helpful and like giving me it, but um, I actually quite, f- I don't know if it has something to do with, I'm like really into rap and hip hop. Right. 
So I think maybe like the sort of absurd melodies, I love the absurd melodies you get from that. Right. To like to be quite unexpected, and I got into that idea of lyric writing, like sort of not just going against, like maybe either going f- following the baseline or just finding something completely different that fits, like that that element of that kind of excites me. And I like doing that. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from when you're saying that now, man. Uh, so that's, that's what I was gonna say, like. Who would you say are influences on you? Like, what sort? I was going to say, what music did you listen to, like, growing up and that? And is there anyone that sort of, like, obviously, when you moved from acting to being a front man, was there anyone you took, like, inspiration from? Um, I feel like at my age and listen to that, listen to the sort of type of, like, guitar music. I think me and the boys had the exact same sort of instances, like your Green Days, Strokes, Arctic Monkeys. Um. Yeah, loved the Talking Heads when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, loved the Streets as well. Um, f- when I was becoming like when I decided to try like being a lyricist and being a songwriter and trying to band stuff, um, I found a lot of like I just wanted to listen to good lyricists, and the Streets was one of the main ones that I got right into. But also uh, Neil Hannon, the uh, the Divine Comedy. All oh, right. Fucking ass a name I ain't heard for a while. <laughs> I know, well, my sister was really into them. I grew, uh, went to a school with a guy that was really into them as well, and I liked them through my sister. Um, but I think the pictures he paints with his lyrics are right. like the sort of the happy medium between like absurd and like genuine as well. Yeah. Um, I just love how he like uses that imagery. Um, John Cooper Clark, I got really into right, it. Yeah. His, his poetry yeah. is amazing. Um, sort of just like the simple absurdity, like he's not using any sort of like big words to convey his points. He's just been, it's just proper to the point, yeah. but also wild. It's, I really like that. Um, so it's kind of weird because I do have two sort of times in my life where I had influences. I had influences growing up in the music and music. And then. I had influences when I sort of transitioned into from being an actor to a musician. So when you've made the transition from acting to music, did you feel like did you feel like a change in yourself at all? Did you feel like there was some sort of directional shift in like what you wanted to do straight away, or was you still like heavily involved in the acting? Uh, no, I've kind of felt like I felt a big change. Um, it was massive, and I thank myself for doing it um, all the time because when I was studying acting, I knew that I wanted to like work in the theater, like in the theater, and be like in stage shows and stuff. And uh, the sort like I went to college and I went to uni, and the uni that I went to, we had we done the, we did do stage shows, but a lot of it wasn't like as accommodating to it as I would have liked because um, I had to cover a lot of ground. But I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in front of a stage, in front of people. I wanted to let have do live performances. And when the sort of band started, but like when Eamon came to me with the idea of the band. It was just something that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. 
but I would love it if I was. Right. So I'm going to like because <laughs> just performing performing in front of in front of uh, people and it's some like a new thing to learn. Um, I just was more than happy to absolutely sink my teeth into it and um, just yeah, just try and get as good at it as I could and as better at it as I can. Did you feel more at home in the band situation than to act in? Um, definitely not at the start, but one hundred percent now. Because yeah. you like sort of just let, well, we were let, all of us were learning as we went. Um, we just started. Um, made a lot of mistakes, but mistakes that you had to make. Yeah, of course, man. And um, yeah, that's it. Just made me feel at home. Like I wouldn't know where to start if someone came to me with a script or anything now. Yeah, because I've been that long like away from it all. Um, but I'm very thankful that I did because the opportunities that I've now came from that have now came from this and like the sort of lessons that I've learned in myself and again the sort of the times I've wrote stuff when I'm kind of struggling as well like it's been it's been the best thing that's happened to me yeah for mind body and soul <laughs> and when you say um mistakes you made along the way can you think of any that you might want to share oh, I don't know how many <laughs> I can say <laughs> there's so many you can say as many as you want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like just I mean with being in a band you're trying to get five different people to get on like that's not <laughs> going to happen perfectly you're going to like come in and also just like band etiquette stuff as well you're always going to either fuck up and go right shouldn't do that let's do this the next time or just um, one thing I'll always I'll always say is the best way to learn to do something right is to do it wrong a bunch Absolutely, of times. Absolutely, mate. And and we more. done some things wrong a bunch of times. <laughs> so many. I can't think of any any at the top of my top of my head though. But we're we're now in a very big groove now. I feel like yeah, we feel like we know how to approach gigs. We know how to approach promoters. We know how, when we probably didn't at one point. Um. And we know how to like, we now know each other well enough to know what pisses it off and what doesn't <laughs> piss it off. So we all are just like one big happy family. <laughs> That's good to hear. I want to be the one who's got his fingers on the button. Two hands tight, grip on everything and nothing. I want to be the one who fits him up the rest. Nature queen nails past the acid test. Always pretending I'm breaking my back. Sometimes it's better I just do the pack. Borrowed and stolen, noticed by no one, affected, broken, frozen. Hedging and everyone's safe. Can you remember a specific moment where you thought to yourself, "This is going somewhere. We're do we're doing this." Um, I would say there's been hundreds of times that that has happened. To be honest, because like I didn't see this going. Is like I would have been happy if we like, sold out a gig in Glasgow yeah and we done and we done that I feel like when that happened that when that, that had that happened and we done it again a bunch of times that like exceeded my expectations because I knew from where I knew how bad we were when we started I feel like it was just a happy bonus um, when I thought some things were seriously happening I think um, the first time we actually sold out King Tuts yeah. like we sold out our own headline actually we sold that out but one time the next gig our comeback gig after Covid right was a King Tuts gig yeah and we sold that out in a day amazing so that was like 350 tickets and I feel like it was like 7 hours or something which was like wow what the fuck and that's what got um we were already a part of marshall's live agency but that's what sort of got us signed really oh, amazing i was doing that 
So that sort of period, I was like, wow, <laughs> how, how interesting. <laughs> and back at King Tut's as well, man, where it all began. And all where it all, where yeah. it all began. How, did, how were you guys in the early stage live-wise? Did you feel like you were a good band or did you feel like it took you a while to sort of... We thought we were good at the time, but looking back, um, it took us a while. I would say, I would say for like, seriously, a strong like two and a half years, maybe three years, we weren't that good. We had like, we had really good, we had some really good songs, but we had a, a lot more filler than killer. <laughs> what, we, what we've always been, what I do pride in is always, uh, always sort of maintaining. I think as like, with the sort of acting background that I have, we've always been able to have a really good live performance yeah. and have a good, really good live energy and um, the energy of the songs that we write as well, um, like that, they come together quite well and the atmosphere was were all, was always amazing at our shows um, and that we've sort of garnered a bit of a reputation for having these live, well, having quite, like, quite good live performances. Yeah. I think that started earlier. That started earlier then we actually got better. <laughs> well, that's a great <laughs> sign. Maybe you're just being hard on yourself. Ah, uh, well, you're not. You're always your own worst critic, <laughs> and that that'll never go away from us. Like we can play the biggest shows of our life, and we're like, ah, uh, some shit bits though. <laughs> but you need. To be, I feel like you need to be like that. Though. Oh, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of bands that ain't like that, and they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the best way to be. One, two, three, four. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, sorry, sorry. What could you say was like, uh, first of all, what do you think was your best gig that you've ever done? And what do you think is the worst gig that you guys have ever done? Like, ever? Like, in the. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Um, it can even be an acting gig if you want. Oh, no. Nah, it up have a bit. to be a gallus gig. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never had any terrible acting ones. I had a lot of good ones, but never any terrible ones. Fucking um, hell, that's all right then. You're doing well, all yeah, right, here, mate. Yeah. Well, I was a, well actually. I had a brief. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this, but I'll also say a bad gal gig as well. I tried to be a stand-up when I stand-up comic when I was seventeen. Oh really? 18. A handful of gigs, and I won't go into what gets said, but I got booed off a stage once. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what happened there? You could <laughs> that tell wasn't great. That was that was enough to retire me from stand up. Really? Yeah. Um, I tell you what, man, you got the, some ball. I, I fucking admire your balls, man. I, this is something I could never do. Oh, that. I've, I, could t- never I feel like I just was always that. attracted to performing yeah. and performing in front of people, um, which is weird. So I was quite closed off as a child, but that just sort of stuff like when I was becoming like a teenager sort of attracted itself to me yeah i think it was just the ego and attention <laughs> i just want the attention really and i still do why so many why do any of us do it eh? yeah <laughs> our best gig is a toss-up between two and it's there's been great gigs that we had i'll have a special shout out to a venue in glasgow called the priory um our manager it's not a pub anymore our manager was the owner of it and that's where a lot of like the glasgow music scene would sort of cut their teeth we had so many good gigs there, um, but the two main ones that I can I can't wrestle between being the best one is when we supported Biffy Clyro. Oh no way! Where'd you guys support Biffy Clyro? Um, coming up, a, well, just coming up a year ago. Amazing. We supported Biffy Clyro in Edinburgh. Unreal! Like it was the that was the I feel like for a time I was obviously getting nerves, but I became accustomed to them. But as soon as like 
it was in this sort of big festival tent setup type thing. So I stepped foot into that tent just just to see the open space for sound check. Shat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shat myself. About that was on. Oh fucking hell. Um, so it's a toss up between that and the first time we played America. We went to South by Southwest to just and getting um just getting to that point was special enough. Um, our drummer's drummer Paul, his dad, um, came to that show, and um, he's been a big supporter of us. Obviously, it's his son um, since the first gigs. Yeah, and after we finished playing that show in America, I just saw him crying. Oh, really? And I just started crying as well. I had to fucking just like go up and so oh, emotionally man. and. Just the sort of size of those shows, like your de- American debut and supporting like a giant like Biffy Clyro, another band I've really admired, like growing up, I should have actually mentioned them. Um, those were the two best. There was a show in Greenock we done uh, that was so bad. We just this was one of the t- one of the things you like learn to um, one of the things you've done wrong because we were just blaming fucking every single member of the band <laughs> for why this show was bad I feel like at one time I was at one point I was like this is the gig that has finished Gallus <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was probably the worst one what happened then? it was just it wasn't even a venue it was like a hall it was like a hall it was put on by a really nice guy and a really great guy he's put on really great gigs in the past and I think we were actually alright I think we were just pissed off and fucking raging at each other <laughs> and as soon as the gig finished we were like that was your fault and then another person was like nobody it was your fault <laughs> <laughs> like it was just fucking and oh, we were just in the train back from Greenock like everyone's like do not speak to me like that <laughs> so it was terrible it was ages ago as well I think must have been a bit that must have been like a year into Gallus as well. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times indeed. Well look at you guys now, man. Yeah, but we've, we've not had anything of that magnitude in a very, very long time, which I'm very grateful for. What was like your studio experience like before you guys recorded the first album? Have you guys ever been and done like any demo tapes or anything like that before? So we done that, de- yeah, we done demos um, in a studio in Glasgow, and then we've had the same producer. Oh, the whole time. Uh, for since our first like release, Nice, that was in two thousand eighteen. We've had the uh, same producers, Johnny Madden and Chris Marshall. Yeah, we just. So there was a big, there is a big uh, music scene in Glasgow at the time where a lot of the, it was a, just a great community of bands. We were all friends with each other, and they uh, we got in with them, and they were all produced by Johnny and Chris. Um, Johnny seen one of our shows one time and was like, oh, "I'd like to work with you," and then it's just kind of been like that since. So that's been quite good to work with someone over, work with people over the years that also have an idea of what the sound is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like from outside looking in because we can only have so many ideas and like we'll never, we'll never truly know what listeners think of us. But because they've been around for so long, they can sort of help with that, which is really helpful. Yeah. Um, and because we've been doing it with them for so many years, like we became so comfortable in the studio. Yeah. And it's just a really good environment because we're all, we're all friends with each other at this point. It's incredible when you find that producer that's 
just is is like an extended member of the family, really, isn't it? Is it just works? yeah, yeah, just, yeah? It's, it's just kidding. It just kidding. Oh, you froze. Our most humblest of apologies. We are currently experiencing some technical difficulties. But don't worry, we'll be right back after these sexy, soothing, swinging sounds. Hello. Hello. I don't know if you can hear me, Barry. I've lost you, mate. You're frozen. Hey, hey you're back. back. <laughs> was, was that me or you? Oh, fuck knows, mate. Uh, uh, I tell you what, I'll I'll put some like lift music in there or something. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, mate, I don't know where we were then. We were talking about uh, producers. So when you when you find a producer, um, yeah. Basically, my point was um, the fact they've been there for that long. Like, just the ideas are more natural it's like it's just a better environment because we all know each other yeah very well. absolutely man that nah, was something like that yeah, yeah. i'm sure it was great yeah whatever he said it was great <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel in the studio environment for the first time um it was quite quite daunting i remember being like oh my god first time we were in the studio actually there was a big massive snowstorm um and i had to walk from my mum's house like three or four miles to my pal's house that was near where the studio was and we didn't know if this if the like we were, we were actually going to record because everyone was snowed in and i remember thinking oh my god i've just walked four miles in a dangerous <laughs> snow <day." laughs> so that was um but we got there in the end um yeah it was quite daunting johnny and marshall at that point were like really getting after don't think they'd start long started like working together johnny was all johnny's also in a glasgow band called baby strange and um they'd look kind of more recently became a they'd, so him and marshall were like already quite experienced with each other and work and they were working with like great bands cutting about glasgow so i was being new to it and sort of not understanding that environment fully it was it was quite like eye-opening but it's like one of those things you just need to either learn with it or be scared of yeah. it so um there was obviously an element of both but it was great and those guys are great because it's a di- it's a completely different style of performing as well isn't it you know what i mean it's yeah a- yeah i was because again i wasn't that great a singer at that time <laughs> so i was exposed <laughs> <laughs> like, i feel like our first song nice i love it it's a great song um <laughs> but like the melody, the melody in my voice, <laughs> it's like so fucking. Um, who's like Kanye West? Yeah. You just fucking hear <laughs> it, man. T pain shit going on. <laughs> yeah. Did you suffer at all from what I like to call red light brown pants? Uh, oh, you need to go. On, uh, what red? <laughs> tell me what red light brown pants is. When you but when the record light comes on. And you just forget everything that you were meant to be laying down or like in your case. Oh, Chaz, I still do that to this day. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's just never going to go away because I'm I'm the worst for just thinking that I'm going to smash it. (laughs) Just thinking that I'm going to do so well. (laughs) And like, even if it's not in my head already, like it's not like concrete, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like... I've got this, it's fine. (laughs) And then you just overshoot. 
That's what I am. I'm an overshooter. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I mean, even when I'm doing like intros and outros for the podcast, I'll have exactly in my mind, I'll have like brief notes written out, I'll hit record and nothing comes out. It's just a total oh, mumbling yeah, all mess. The time. It's even, like, that's just a problem with me. Even <laughs> I can't remember a gala show as well where I haven't muffed up like <laughs> any sort of like that. I've had a like, perfectly like... 100% will it correct in a show <laughs> there's always going to be sometimes I'm like <laughs> like going to have to mumble out to make it feel like I know the one well there you go you'll have to remember next time red light brown pants yeah <laughs> a great saying great phrase alright man um, what would you say is your proudest moment so far with the guys getting to America yeah yeah it'd have to be um, signing the signing the deal as well it's probably actually going to be fucking releasing the debut album. Yeah, something a lot like something that you dream of as a band. Like yeah, that's one of, course, of the, man. one of the goals that you start it off with, and the fact that we're doing it is amazing and not unreal. I almost I count my lucky stars that we're in this position to do so as well. So that's probably going to be it. Like I'm very proud of what we've done and what the album is as well. And so you should be, man. The album is fucking slamming, man. It's literally thanks a lot, it's literally man. full of singles. It's fucking, oh, thank it's you. fucking unreal, man. We try. Mate, you succeed. <laughs> All right then, man. So, moving on. This is like the last section of the podcast. Yeah, sweet. I've got like four little questions for you. Let's call it the final four-way. It's kind of <laughs> not related to bands, really. Yeah, but right. um, it goes a little like this. Question one. If you were a wrestler or a boxer or a UFC fighter or any fighter, right. what would your walk-in music be? Um, What a question. <laughs> Um, sabotage Beastie Boys Oh mate Amazing wouldn't Fuck it? yeah I'm just trying to think of songs That we've walked on to <laughs> Because it's getting that same energy We haven't walked on to Sabotage before But our mates band has And right. they're grown so jealous of it Oh mate You're like can't. oh why didn't I think of that It would either be that or um, Hocus Pocus by Focus Oh mate We've walked the, on to the, that the yo- A yodeling classic yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> get a bit of that and then fucking walk on. Ready to get my head kicked in. All right, man. Question two. Yeah, man. Intro or outro, what is the greatest TV show theme ever written? That's another great question. Um, well, we were talking about Divine Comedy. Yeah. yeah being one of my heroes. So... And I don't know if you know he'd done the Father Ted uh, song. Father Ted, yes, I did yeah. know that. And have you yeah. ever listened to that song, Songs of Love? Like the lyrics to it, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, what a song, what a song. So I had to be dishonouring myself if I, said, if I didn't say that. No, that's a great shout, man. A great yeah. show as well, man. The Cheers song's amazing as well. Mate, that has got to be up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can't you can, you can not whack, whack a bit of Cheers. Mate, only one person ever has said Cheers in all the guests I've had on. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
including yeah, myself. The people you don't have you in jazz. I should do really. Well, to be fair, I've had some every every time I ask that question, I I, I get a blinder every time that I've I, that I've either forgot about yeah, or didn't yeah. even think about. Do you know what I mean? Hey. All right. Question three: What song would you like played at your funeral? Oh, uh, you know what? I've thought of this before and completely um, completely forgot about it. Um, the cheers song would work for that as well. The cheers actually. song would. Well, um, <laughs> you want to go? Everyone you know knows your name. Hell. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm a big um, big Celtic fan. Right. So it would probably have to be "You'll Never Walk Alone." Ah. That's one I'd think of. That's nice. That's nice. I've been in a few work. funerals where that's been the song, and not a dry eye in the house. Jazz. Yeah, I can imagine, man. If people aren't crying at my funeral, I but I lived life wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> well, either I want them crying, or I want them cheating, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a bit of a hardy chuckle. <laughs> All right, man. What advice would you give a young Barry from Gallus? Um, oh, stop being a bloody... Nah, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> stop being a fucking idiot. Um, I think... Um, stop being late to rehearsals all the time. Because <laughs> that's something I just tell myself. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to keep up... You listen, young Barry, you're going to... Keep on being late, but try and stop it. People get really annoyed at you for it. But maybe also um, don't take it too much to heart if a gig doesn't go well as well as you thought. Because there's something I'm the first to beat myself up about that. Yeah. So and it's one thing that I've now shaken it off that just these things happen, or like a song doesn't do so well. Um, so when something doesn't go well, it's it's all right. Absolutely. Yeah. I found out a, f- a couple of weeks ago, I'm waiting for my man uh, by, um, what's their fucking name? Velvet Underground. Yeah. Uh, that that got to a number 102 in the charts. Aye. So, you know. Neither, aye. Just like, you're just never going to tell with nah. what does well, what doesn't. It's the most unpredictable thing out ever. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. So before you go, Gallus, debut album. Yeah. It's called uh, We Don't Like the People We've Become. And please buy it. I want to quit my job already. <laughs> please. Well, well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm going to fucking buy it. And oh, I'm going to play the shit out of Darwin. it. Mate, not at all, man. I was about to say, can't wait to see you in London again. Yes, mate, definitely. Next time, uh, next gig, I'll be there. Now we know each other properly. I'll bring yeah. you straight over a beer. One hundred percent down for that. Uh, your your drummer's dad is he the grey haired fella, big fella with glasses? Yeah, 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 yeah. I met him. I met him. Michael, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We were chatting that. away. We were chatting he away. Never, he he, listen. He's the best man on the planet he barely ever misses a gallus gig do you know why i really enjoyed meeting him and speaking to him because my dad is was exactly the same when i was in bands and it really yeah. made me yeah i saw him speaking to your label boss and and whatnot and i i just sat there with a big proud smile on my face i could just i just saw my dad 10 15 years ago oh, and yeah, I was, it so was nice. a really it was actually a really beautiful moment i really enjoyed it yeah i could 
I can't say a bad word about that man. Like he's yeah, so yeah. proud of his son as well. It's always nice yeah, to see. He's proud of us as well. Yeah. Well, my mates, my uh, my old bass player, shout out Adam Hammond. He always said to me, drummers have the best parents. They always have the nicest parents because they've got to be so understanding to let your child <laughs> to, play well, yeah, such a horrible fucking, instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to deal with so many police calls, <laughs> noise complaints. That's actually very true. And both his parents, even the... Uh, even sh- I shout out Paul's mum. I don't want to say the names of all that. <laughs> yeah, the podcast, yeah, course, but they're, br- they're both very brilliant people. Ah, oh, mate, amazing. Well, you're a brilliant person too, bud. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I will 1 million percent see you at the next London show. Anytime, Charles. And I can't wait for the album. Neither can I. <laughs> mate, take care. Cheers, man. Thank see you, you later. so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank Cheers, you. Bye bye, mate. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Barry from Gallus. How wicked is he? Man, you've got to check out their debut album, We Don't Like The People That We've Become, because it's absolutely brilliant. It's just packed with single, 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 single. It's so good. And if you get the opportunity, go and see them live, because they are fantastic. They're a great band. Check out the videos. They've got a video out for Eye to Eye, and they've also got a video out for the opening track, Moderation. Great videos. Great band, man. Fucking, if you're listening to this because you know Gallus, then you already know what I'm saying. But if you're listening to this because you listen to the show, get involved. Because they are up, mate. I've seen nothing but big things for those guys. I want to say thank you to Barry for coming on the show and giving me his time. I want to say a big up to Harris from Marshall Records for making that episode happen. You are the man. During that episode, you have heard tracks from We Don't Like The People That We've Become, which is obviously available on all streaming platforms. But support up-and-coming bands, buy yourself a copy, get a vinyl, get a CD, get a T-shirt, get it all. Support Gallus, support new music, support, I don't know, I think I said enough. Anyway, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for any up-and-coming Gallus live dates because they're awesome live. And if you want to follow them on Instagram, Hit them up at Gallus R Band or also on Facebook, just Gallus. Thank you to every single one of you that's tuned in again this week. I really appreciate it. And if you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, it's the band before the band before. And if you want to get in touch with us via email, hit us up at tbbtbbpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to like and subscribe. And thank you again for tuning in to the band before the band before podcast. I'll see you next week. Thank you again. Bye.